Welcome to Chicagoland Parenting Stories. I am your host, Lisa Zimmerman. Let's get started with today's parenting story. Welcome back to the next episode of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. Today, my guest is Allison Heyman. Allison is a pelvic floor therapist with pending certificates in obstetric PT and perinatal and postpartum corrective exercises. She is the owner of PT by AJ. Her office is located in Chicago. She also offers virtual visits and she is also a provider with Partum Health. Welcome, Allison. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. Could you go ahead and just repeat your name and then the age of your children and if you're comfortable, their names also? Uh, I'm Allison Heyman. I have an eight-year-old. His name is Marvin. And then I have another son who is four and his name is Harvey. Okay. I love those names. They're like so old Thank school. You. <laughs> yeah. Marvin's a family name. Harvey's not, but we call him Marvin Harv. So. Oh, <laughs> I like that. They sound like a duo that should be hitting the road. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you had to describe your parenting style, what would it be? I would like to think my parenting style is authoritative, kind of uh, respecting everyone's feelings, but also holding boundaries. Um, usually stay within that range, if possible. <laughs> when time allows, right? And, right. and emotions. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, without disclosing your age, which generation are you a part of? I am a millennial. A millennial. Through, yeah. So... As a millennial, would you describe how you were parented is similar or different than how you parent? Uh, I think in some aspects, similarly, because my parents did care about my emotions and would bring attention to them. But I think for the most part, I would say like authoritarian. Is that the other? Uh, Where it's yeah. just like behavior, like a lot of, a lot of was around behavior, like it behaving correctly. Okay. And grades and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, can you describe the work that you do for those that may not understand how you help new families? Yeah. So I am a physical therapist. I was um, trained originally as an orthopedic therapist. So kind of your general back pain, knee pain kind of thing. I actually ended up, I did a residency um, in orthopedics, which is like kind of a, the equivalent of a medical residency now. Back in the day, it wasn't as common in PT, but um, now it is. So I do that. So that's kind of like my my background. And then as I got more into my work, I realized that there was this big lack of knowledge around female bodies and the changes during prenatal and postpartum um, times. And so I kind of found that even with myself, I didn't really know what to do those people and myself, you know, after pregnancy. Um, so I decided to pursue that. So I've learned over time how to help women get through pregnancy through various discomforts and then help them recover. And fortunately through partum and now even word of mouth, people know that preventive care is invaluable. So they do come to me before um, labor, which is amazing. And, um, so I can teach women how to labor and strategies to optimize natural birth if they want that. And, and if, if they don't want that, you know, something else. Um, so, and how that relates to, and then, so 
so coming from the obstetrics, kind of full body, body changes, obstetrics, and then into pelvic floor therapy, which is its own kind of specialized field right now. Um, kind of understanding what a pelvic floor is, what dysfunction looks like, and how we can take care of it again preventably. So um, through the whole lifespan, you know, so I get like early, mid, and then later. I'm not as far into menopause as I'd like to be in terms of my patient population, but eventually, hopefully that's the goal too. There's lots so, of pain there yeah. too, for sure. There is a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of yeah, pain. So. That's for sure. But we know that if we take care of women in their perinatal periods, we have less issues, right? In that period too. So, right. I still use the, the analogy that. that you gave me all the time um, at one of the mom's groups at prenatal fit, when you described like, you know, the abdomen, the pelvic floor, the back and the diaphragm as being like a box. So if any yeah. of those were out of shape, so I truly use that all the time. I mean, like yeah. I've literally taken your thing and ran with it like a thousand times. You should do you the should... balloon. I should show you the balloon one. The balloon's even better, I think. What's that? So I have a balloon and I actually draw the diaphragm, the pelvic floor, the abdominal wall. And then I show people like pressure is increased here, but this ah. can't meet that pressure. We see more bulging here and kind of the whole yeah, thing. Then that's a great yeah, visual. Diastasis, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So oh yeah, yeah. that's a great visual. I was really I impressed it. too when partum wanted to bring pelvic floor, just the way that they were like, okay, well, we have to have lactation and we have to have doulas and we need to have mental health and we need physical health. But like that mm -hmm. pelvic floor was like the way that they were going to begin with that. I thought was so mm -hmm. smart because it truly is what affects people during pregnancy yeah. and postpartum. But like you're saying, there's so many people that have issues where like, you know, as older women, all of a sudden now they're wearing diapers or things are prolapsed or something like that because they just were never told that they should like have, you know, some type of a therapy and, or somebody said, Oh, you should get public floor therapy, but they didn't actually know how to do that. Or it wasn't right. just like, so in the vernacular that everybody's just like right. talking about it. Yeah. I think some, it's some large majority percentage of women in uh, like senior living care facilities have some degree of urinary incontinence, which is really sad, which is a lot of the reasons why they're there in the first place, because they can't manage it. So yeah, so hopefully we're getting them earlier down the line. And yeah, like all the things you just said. Yeah, well, and it's interesting, because I've seen just in like the eight years that I've been in business, like my clients are very diligent about like, if there's any issue, they're going to pelvic floor therapy during their maternity leave. Like, mm -hmm. it's yeah. not like, well, I'll just wait and do it later. It's like, no, I'm going to get this taken care of now, which I really yeah. like. Like, that makes me feel very comforted that nothing else they're asserting for themselves. And hopefully mm -hmm. down the road exactly. that will serve them well. Right. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about the work you do? Oh, my favorite thing. I mean, I like having the connection with people and I really love movement. Like, for me, movement is really a, a therapy myself and it it is medicine as cliche as that sounds and so that's I like to show people that they can be empowered to help themselves just through their body and through movement at all different kinds of levels you know like small big whatever it is that um that really is important to me and I feel like I get a lot from that so then that being said what is your biggest challenge with the work you do my biggest challenge I'm an introvert <laughs> <laughs> so talking to people all day long is exhausting yes you know I, I the connections are great but the the talking is is exhausting to me so I've had to really I didn't realize how 
draining it was until I had worked for a few years and it's like I gotta I gotta do some figure out how to restore my you know my um bank of energy every day so well, yeah. And then being a business owner too, because then that also puts you out there in a different way. Like now you're recording a podcast when maybe you actually right, just needed exactly. a lunch break. <laughs> right. So I'll get there. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's interesting too, because I feel like, you know, I, I definitely, I have a lot of introverts in my family. I'm probably like an extroverted introvert or introverted extrovert or somewhere in that line. And, um, but I never realized until the pandemic, like, I mean, my brother was like, I am thriving. This is amazing. Yeah. Nobody's bothering me. And I was like, I am wilting like a flower. And so it must yeah. be interesting, you know, after that whole period of time to then have to kind of go back into, or maybe knowing more of your limits because you did have a chance to sit in it for a bit. Yeah. I mean, I had small children at home, so it wasn't really great, but it was <laughs> But yeah, but then I didn't have that extra draw. So, so I, I, I realized in that time that I did need adult interaction. Oh, well, good. Like outside of my house. Yes, exactly. In, in moderate amounts. So yes. Taking care of all the other stuff. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're always still learning about ourselves, right? Yes. Yes. Did you always want to be a parent? No, I, uh. I don't, I, I think that's kind of an unpopular thing for women to say, but I didn't I really, so. uh, I know no. plenty of people who don't have children or were perfectly happy marrying somebody with children and being a step parent. Really? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't really think about it much until I, I got married and then, yeah, and then we started having this conversation. So, yeah. At what age of your children do you think that you really start parenting them? Um, I think immediately because you're responding to their needs, you know. So immediately whenever... being when the baby's born? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think we're always parenting. Because some people say immediately, meaning like as soon as I was pregnant. So that's why I was just making that. Ah, yeah. I don't know if I would. Do... No, yeah, I think I think once the baby had exited <laughs> and yeah, the uterus, it's, it's housing. Right. <laughs> That first one took a long time, but he got out. So, yeah. <laughs> or you wouldn't have had the next one, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, do you have to parent your children differently? And if so, how? Yeah, my kids are really different. Um, my older one's like, I'm very much a feeler. And uh, so you have to take time and, and really talk about your feelings and understanding normal behavior and understanding normal social interactions and things like that um and my younger one he's kind of like a free-for-all he's just we kind of have to rein him in a little bit more um set a little more stronger boundaries with him I would say so on the scale of like extrovert versus introvert is there one that is more extrovert or introverted and do you relate to them differently because of that or is it more of yeah. like the older one I think he's really an extrovert, but he's just really sensitive. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. if that's, if they go mm -hmm. together, mm -hmm. he loves people. He loves being around people. He loves social interaction. Um, but yeah, he just needs like, he needs help processing his feelings. Um, the younger one, I don't, I can't tell yet. I think he's maybe like an extrovert or introvert like you, like he likes to be out and, but he also needs time to. Uh, rest and restore um 
So maybe in that way, yeah, he just needs to recognize his own boundaries a little bit more sometimes. Mm -hmm. Well, that's hard to do when you're four, let alone as an adult, right? (laughs) Right, right. He needs, he needs that external feedback. Let's say that. Did the pandemic change anything about your parenting? I mean, obviously you had both were small kids. The eight-year-old though probably was was like four. So he wasn't. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was four. He was just four. So was he supposed to start kindergarten and started remotely then? Or... So he was in, no, he was in, um, no, because he turned five in 2020. So then in November of 2020. So then he went back, but I, I had both of my kids. Well, the younger one was home, but they were both supposed to be in daycare. And then I kept them home until may of 2021 okay between my husband and i and you know schedules and stuff and then um and then the older one went to kindergarten in the fall of 2021 okay. so it was no everything was back i so mean they was... had more quarantine rules mm-hmm. but yeah so other um, than like the social aspect there wasn't like a, in the daycare aspect there wasn't a huge disruption to the like formal learning years yet correct okay yeah. um I don't know if I learned a lot about if my parenting changed, but I, my relationship with myself changed a lot in that early pandemic time where I, you know, I thought I could do all the things and I realized I I had limits that I didn't know were there. So I think that informed my parenting of kind of setting, learning how to set better boundaries myself, even within our home. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard work. It was a, it was a lot of hard work. Because the thing is, is that, you know, it's not only yourself thinking you can do it all, but there's a lot of expectation from others that you can do it all. So it's truly not just conceding in yourself of, Ooh, I don't know if I can do all this, but then it's also being able to advocate for yourself when you can't. Right. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. Those were not easy days. That's for sure. They were not. What is your most embarrassing parenting moment? I probably have a lot. I don't know if I get embarrassed or maybe just have kind of. I'm I'm one of those like I look back and go, oh gosh, I did this to my kid. I did that to my kid. I did this to my kid. Um, so I don't know if I'd be embarrassed about like my behavior around other people outside in the world, mm-hmm. but just maybe regretful of things that I've said or done. My kids and I can't think of specifically, but you know kind of flying off the handle when that wasn't necessarily called for (laughs) so just being not authoritative yeah that's exactly being human that's true well you know if you had friendships when your children were babies how important are those to you now and do you still keep in touch well my my older son I had I was we're living in New York at the time so we I did find like a group of mom friends and um, but we left when he was 18 months old. So we kind of fell out of touch because everyone is from very different places. Um, my younger one, I don't think we really had, I didn't really have like friends with peers of his. So yeah, that's, I don't have contact with anyone that mm-hmm. I remember of from that time. Uh, do you look back on that time though and you're so grateful that those people were there because you had 
the second pregnancy was during the pandemic when you didn't have people around you. So did you note a difference between so, the two? No, so he was a year old when the pandemic okay. started. Okay. So, uh, but I had, yeah, moving here, moving back home for us, I had a lot of, a lot of help, which is part of the reason I just didn't have people around because I had my family mm-hmm. helping with my um, baby at the time. So, yeah, obviously I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a completely different experience than with my first, you know, being an infant and everything. Yeah. For multiple reasons. A lot of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and obviously just because you had already been, you had to parent two kids. So that's always yeah. harder too. I always feel like my oh, second time yes. parents struggle more. Yes. Yeah. I had a hard recovery, like a, yeah, mental health, physical mm-hmm. health. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a lot harder. I feel like there's a lot of expectation, like, oh, I've already got this figured out, but then you kind of forget like, but they're siblings. So mm-hmm. nothing's going to be the same, right? Nothing's the same. The older one still needs a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. What do you see as the biggest trend in parenting right now? I think there's a lot, a lot of people telling other people how to parent and trying to sell them something Mm. on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> via like social media channels and things like you mm-hmm. oh, no. <laughs> um so I think you can really get caught up in that noise you know mm-hmm. especially if you're a parent and you are looking for some guidance or some help or you're not sure how to deal with the situation and you don't have a good a good network personally um you're a victim to a lot of that and it's not all bad there's some really great resources out there but you can just, there's so much information you can, it's over, I think it could be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. At least it has been for me in the past. Um, so I think that's the challenge, like knowing how to find what you need, knowing how to find your people and then turning off the rest of the noise. Right. Yeah, that was in part why I created the podcast because I wanted people to hear other people's like highs and lows and struggles, but also just like mm-hmm. how different we all are with it. Cause mm-hmm. I agree. There's a lot of like one size fits all stuff out there and mm-hmm. it it's, 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 I just don't know how helpful it is. I feel like it's, yeah. you know, if, if you feel like you're adopted, you know, a program and your baby's not fitting into the program, now there's something wrong right. with you or the baby or both. And right. there's nothing wrong. You know what I mean? And I feel like, yeah. and then, you know, the more that I think about it, the more I realize that it's like, you know, parenting has always been, you know, a job. Like sometimes I call it a job and I think people get offended, but you know, it is one of my jobs, (laughs) truly, you know, but also like, I feel like with that much emphasis constantly on parenting, it's like, you know, it's, it's almost like it should be your only job, which to me is like a feminist, like reverses all the things because I feel like I can easily do that and have a career and all the other things and, you know, obviously have to recharge and do, you know, what I have to do for self-care, but also, you know, admit that like, I'm probably not going to do any of it perfectly, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like 
that's where I, I see a lot of like, there's not a lot of flexibility with that idea. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah, it's hard, especially for new parents who are sleep deprived and haven't figured it out and they think they should need to immediately. I look back on those days and it's like, that was so long ago. So many things have changed since then. Oh, right. You know? Or like, you know, you're in pain. You can't even, all you know, you look back on that time and you were in nothing but pain or it was nothing but issues with feeding or right. whatever. And how can you possibly coming at this whole new paradigm of, you know, figuring out how to be a parent on top of it. Right. Yeah. Even just having the time to talk to your partner. That's mm -hmm. not about poop, but like an actual conversation right. <laughs> that centers around or the something. baby or anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is really hard. And it's funny because like that has been a thread, like now that I've done enough of these, like I'm seeing the threads and one of the threads is people being concerned that the trend is so much about like parenting as like selling a program, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? As to just like trying to think about it as like a mindset, you know, like, I, mm -hmm. I mean, I think sometimes I feel like people are like we're so caught up in, and I have the same problem of being caught up in the minutia that we're like losing right. the big picture of like, well, the big picture is you bond with your baby and you have a good bond. Right. Everything else is right. Cause if you don't have a good bond, what's right. the point? Like it's all right. secondary. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I feel like that's not Instagram worthy because like, right. how do you, how do you project? How do you sell? <laughs> you're, you're generally okay. Exactly. Yeah, how do you exactly. Make money like, on that. Yeah. It's like, like diastasis in my world. Like everybody's trying to cure diastasis, which is not a disease. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Well, and inevitably, Ooh. doesn't everybody have some separation of the muscle? Just Up to 100% of people. Yes. Okay. And that's, that's just the point. nature of having a baby? Yeah. It's the nature of, of not having enough room in your abdomen. So your tissue has to stretch. And for two-thirds more than two-thirds of women it will go back to quote-unquote normal although no one actually knows what their baseline is I think I found over the years oh that's Within, interesting because we don't know yeah, how we started correct but the natural uh history which means what what changes if, if we don't do anything natural history or diastasis recti dominus which is the technical name for it is six months so you have six months for your body to change and, mm -hmm. you know, and moms are on their Instagram accounts and they're getting targeted at six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, you know, but it, it, you really like you're too early. Right. And I was always under the impression and I feel like I sound like, you know, silly that like, you know, it's always like, well, if it took you nine months to gain the weight, it should take nine months to lose the weight. But I have right. people that like at two weeks are like celebrating victories of losing the weight right away. And yeah. And, you know, I'm happy for them. If that's what they want, that's great. But there's also this piece in me that's just like, oh, what would it be like if you could just take that pressure off yourself too? Because there's got to be 150 other ways that you have pressure on yourself. Right. You know, and yeah, what if you that... don't lose the weight as quickly as your best friend did? Right. Or what if you don't look exactly the same as you did before? Right. Yeah. I mean, I've had people that, you know, are like, I don't know what to do. I, I weigh the same, but like my body's just different. And what can I do for that? And it's like... Well, your body's different. I mean, your hips have expanded. Except just... the change. <laughs> well, right. And I, you know, 
It's, it's hard. Cause first of all, I feel it like hard. it's slightly outside my lane a little bit. And so I am very good at staying in my lane as a provider. Um, but also there's a piece of me that's just like, you know, you know, like moms have hips, like mm-hmm. sometimes like, you know, and, and the thing is, is if it doesn't get you with pregnancy and postpartum, it could get you, it could get you at menopause. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Right? You never know. Right. It's going to come for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I, yeah, I think in my work, I work, there's a lot of that, but I try to, I try to dial in on like goals and understanding why they feel that way, which it's a lot of external noise again. Yes. Yes. A lot. There's only so much you can do, but you know, plant the seeds. That's what I try to do. Right. Or if nothing else, just say like, you know, it's okay for just not to figure it out right now. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's just a lot of things you're just not going to figure out at three months postpartum. Right. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, it's tricky. What have your children taught you the most about being a parent? Mm. My children, they have taught me acceptance. Even when I get upset, you know, they don't hold grudges yet. They're young. Middle school. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so yeah, forgiving myself and forgiving them and trying and, and not getting mad about, I think not, not getting mad about small things and understanding like accidents happen and it's not your fault that this happened. This, this made me upset, but it's not, you didn't make me upset. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. For our final question, what is your biggest advice to share with new parents? I would say I think kind of along the lines of the last few things we were talking about was just uh, make sure that you have a few good resources and some people to lean on um, so that when you come out on the other side of whatever it is you can look back and say okay I feel good about the choices I made and Mm -hmm. I had a good community around me um, when I had my first, I didn't think I needed any help, mm. you know, going into it. Mm-hmm. And, and then I was in the hospital and after a 42 hour labor and I told my husband, like, call my mom. So she came. Oh, um, very sweet. Yeah. But you know, like, I didn't yeah. think I needed help, but I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and when people say like, well, nobody told me how hard it was going to be. And then I'm always like, okay, how would you describe it? <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Question. You know what I mean? Like, how would yeah. you describe it? I mean, sometimes you just need your mom, <laughs> you right? Know, or you just need your best yeah. friend, or whoever your person is. And if you don't have that in your life, like those people are going to bother you, then hire a doula. Have right. somebody there that's just going to give get you support at least no someone. matter what. Right? Yeah. Gosh, do I didn't know about postpartum doulas before? I didn't either. Like the I best didn't either. Ever or even birth life. doulas. Like, oh my god, I yeah. just feel like that would have been a whole nother thing had I, you know, really known about that. And yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, and that's, an, you know, and that's one of the benefits of, you know, the social media pregnancy and postpartum period is that you do have a lot more exposure to that. And that has mm-hmm. been a great thing along with lactation, pelvic floor therapy and all the things. Um, it's the expectation of having it all that bothers me, I think. Yeah. But I'm glad that people have the exposure of how helpful it can be. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, you know, I usually make a joke that like, well, until recently, we didn't do this by ourselves. We didn't live away from our families in a lot of places in the world. They still don't. So, right. you know, like, you know, sometimes you just need your family around you. Yeah. Or your chosen family. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Chosen. It doesn't have to be exactly. Friends yeah. are better family sometimes in your family. And sometimes your family are like your best friends. Yeah. True. True. Well, we are out of time. Thank you for joining us for episode 33 of Chicagoland Parenting Stories. And thank you to our guest, Allison Heyman of PT by AJ. Thank you, Allison. Thanks, Lisa.